Hey everyone, welcome back to my Blacadian universe. All right, so <laughs> this is, I, I'm just going to get into it. My girlfriend and I were having a chat, as we often do. Uh, one of my oldest and dearest friends um, about certain, you know, red flags. I think a little while ago on Twitter, there was this whole thing about red flags, about relationships um, and, you know, things you're looking out for. One of the things we were talking about were people, um, uh, white people that don't have any black friends and we thought that that was a red flag. I should mention my my friend. I mention all her all the time. Uh, she is also a black woman. And so we <laughs> just thought, you know, rightly or wrongly, we do feel guilt about it. Um, you know, there, I, I can't be your only black friend. Let's talk about it. So I, we are all, you know, on our journey towards, you know, unlearning our biases and, um, you know, this is, <laughs> this is one, this is one for me and, um, it's, for me, it's a flag when, uh, somebody who is white wants to be my friend it's great um but you know I notice that you know perhaps I'm the only black friend that this person has and I've had this happen to me many times in my life and it's a flag because of many different reasons. Sometimes people are collecting me <laughs> for as that token friend for many different reasons. And, you know, I just, I, I can't be that person. I just, I never could. And, uh, especially not now. Um, I need, I need some realistic, I'm too old to be having, you know, fake, friendships that serve only one person um and so the problem and the thing is it doesn't even have to be a black person it needs to be I can't just be the only person um you know that's not white in your friend group I need you know some diversity there because it gives me some insight into frankly who you are as a person and I'll tell you this there's <laughs> there's I feel like there's um a comfort level that you know people who, you know, 
I talk about race and racism all the time because it's a big part of my life. And if you want to be my friend, you need to understand that that's a big part of my experience, my lived experience in the world. I mean, just as your friend would talk to you about if they were having a bad day about something else, racism comes up in my day-to-day life and, you know, we're going to need to have a conversation about it if we are, you know, connecting and, you know, it's going to be, um, uh, as a white person, it's going to be new for you because, you know, you may not, it'll be new to you and it'll make, make you uncomfortable and you're going to be, you know, have feelings and they're going to be perhaps new to you if you haven't explored them before. And, um, as my friend, um, that's something that you're going to have to take on. So when I see people that exclude that experience from their life, it tells me that they want to live in a bubble. Um, I talk about the bubble all the time. It's this magical fairyland um, that exists with white privilege where you can live your life believing that racism is something that exists, especially here in Canada, that's something that exists in the past, something that you read about in the history books that doesn't impact anybody anymore. Um, and uh, the only racism that exists uh, and the only racists that are, exists are easy to spot, you know, people like in the old Western movies wearing a black hat and you can point your finger at them because they are cross-burning, you know, white cloak wearing white supremacists and they're easy to see they do not believe in this new you know foundational structural racism that exists in Canada that our country was you know founded and built on you know they don't understand those concepts and you know, there's, they don't want to understand those concepts. They want to live in that bubble. So that's, you know, they surround themselves by people that, uh, support that fantasy. And, you know, you can't have, um, you know, black people, indigenous people, uh, Asian people coming into your world and like popping that bubble and saying like, yeah, guess what? Like someone just, you know, yelled anti-Asian slurs at me today or you know uh my friend who's like indigenous they're like yeah this you know some respected healthcare professionals you know thought I was um an intoxicated person they tested me when I was pregnant for being you know assuming I was gonna be uh alcoholic you know people don't want to hear that that you know the very foundation and systems that they believe in are filled with racism and so um you know there's people that just choose to ignore that and you know we can't that's we can't be friends I can't support that kind of ignorance (laughs) so that's like a strike you know flag you know and then there's the on the other side of that there's the people that try to collect me as the friend oh god uh I'm just cringing at uh my latest encounter of someone just really 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 too happy to want to have some sort of interaction with me and um I, I'm not going to lie, I, uh, <laughs> I 
this was pre-pandemic and, you know, just my social circle got a little, you know, tamed and we just sort of had like a sort of a natural end to that. So I didn't have to have a big thing to have that sort of just go away, which I'm just sort of, you know, <laughs> sort of a thing that sort of just worked out without me having to be the bad guy. But anyway, the point is that there's sometimes people want to collect me as their black friend. They are desperate to have a black friend to prove to everybody that they have a black friend and, you know, they want to um, show everybody that they're not racist. Yeah. I cannot be your showpiece. Like, I cannot be um, that person that you trot out uh, <laughs> in front of your other very sheltered, scared um, white friends to show how, you know, cool you are and how enlightened you are, how woke you are um, by, you know, having someone like me in your social circle. And I've had this happen to me a lot because um, people mistakenly <laughs> think I occupy white space a lot. I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood. I, um, you know, my job takes me into white spaces. So people tend to make the mistake that I'm a good candidate for um, being that token friend that, you know, I um, I, I, I'm not going to call out their crap and I won't recognize what they're doing for what it is. Um, and also, God, <laughs> that I miss sometimes, you know, people, um, yeah, basically think that I'm going to hold my tongue and, you know, tolerate their inadvertent, uh, low-key racist crap. And I just, I, I just can't, like, I think I've mentioned, I was just never that person. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I often, you know, think about, uh, I, I do say it with kindness and patience, but I am going to say it. And uh, I think I mentioned <laughs> that uh, one of my friends, I just, um, you know, had that uh, conversation. I just destroyed his, his little life um, because, you know, he mistakenly thought that some exchange students from Africa and high, high school that were like the only black kids in the whole school that were, you know, he was saying that they were so popular, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I was just like, oh, I feel sorry for those kids. And he was like, what? What are you talking about? And I just had to very kindly, because he's my friend, explain to him that, you know, those kids, every day they got up and they were like, ah, these people. <laughs> You know, and I was like, you know, were you projecting on what you thought they were bringing to the table? You know, 
like they he was talking about their athletic ability cringe 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 um you know all these kinds of things that were just flag 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 and i could see you know after i gently walked him through his and his whole high school class projection of like you know who they wanted these kids to be for them um and you know what they represented into their very white world um and who they wanted them to be, they didn't really allow them to be perhaps um, individuals. And I could see the blanket of, oh crap, <laughs> just wash over him. And, you know, I sort of made him rethink and reframe his high school experience. And I feel sort of badly of it. And, you know, again, I was talking to my friend about it, uh, and how I destroyed it. And I was like, should I have said it? And she was like, absolutely, you needed to say this um, to him, because, you know, he needs to learn, he wants to, he wants to be your friend, he needs to get an education. And I was like, you know what, you're right. I did something that, you know, I'm hoping um, he can pass along. <laughs> to somebody else and sort of, you know, explain what they did to those poor children. Uh, but the point is that, um, yeah, the collection of the token is also another reason um, why people, uh, you know, want to be my friend and also using me as that shield of against racism. You know, I represent the ability for them to be um, unracist, like they are now unracist, not a racist, because they have me as a friend. And, you know, perhaps they recently um, discovered some things about themselves that they don't want to delve too deep into. And uh, a quick fix <laughs> is, you know, making sure that they um, have that one friend who's um, black or, you know, and, um, it's, <laughs> it's always, you know, where they stop, you know what I mean? Like where they, they, they don't go any further. It's, um, it's never about true growth and change. You know, um, I've made friends, um, where they've, been, you know, they are, they said, I have only been exposed to, you know, whiteness. It's just, you know, I, you know, where I grew up in Canada, like in university, they came and they said, you know, um, uh, where I went to school, it was still a very predominantly white university. However, um, it was quite, you know, diverse for some people coming from like populations where it's like 97% white. <laughs> like, they know the only, like, non-white family that was, like, you know, uh, a tra like, an immigrant family that came to the neighborhood, and, you know, everybody else was, you know, white, and, you know, they um, would say to me, like, oh my gosh, like, this, you know, town is so diverse, it's so crazy, like, this is the most I've ever seen, and, you know, they fully threw themselves in, and, you know, I was one of many people, um, that they wanted to get to know. And, um, you know, that, you know, that realization, that openness, that honesty, you know, I could get down with it because it was genuine. It was a genuine, like, 
I want to get to know people. That's what I'm here for. I want to just, you know, expand my worldview and like, forgive me um, if I'm ignorant to things, but correct me, show me, guide me. I'm here to be a true friend. And um, it's, it's wonderful to have that kind of um, experience and uh, to be, you know, a guide. I often talk about how, you know, sometimes I don't want to be a teacher and educator and all these things about race and racism to people. It's tiring. It's exhausting. Sometimes I just want to be a person and not like a guide. Um, but when, you know, you approach, when you see somebody with such an open mind and heart and, um, you have this feeling that you can really do some good and, um, it's hard to pass that up. So I'm always happy to, to take those opportunities on. So I know what you're thinking, how unfair of me to, you know, judge people that want to expand their social circles and make friends. And, you know, as I said, and, you know, as I was discussing with my friend, I'm on my journey. I'm, I'm trying to unlearn my behavior, but I'll tell you this. I, um, there is very, very, very good reasons why I have my guard up, um, uh, around white people. And, um, there's centuries of history around it. Let's, you know, be honest. And, um, there's what, uh, people need to understand is that every single day I am at a, it's, it's trauma. Racism is trauma. And I am at a heightened risk of experiencing trauma simply for the color of my skin. And it's a constant threat that I need to be looking out for. And, you know, I... I get that um, that I it, it's you know microaggressions and you know it, it's just it's I'm at a higher risk for this kind of attack. If I am around somebody who hasn't thought about these kinds of experiences before they want to engage with me socially. One of the things about being an ally, so if you are a 
white person that wants to befriend a black person, you have to be aware of the fact that I have, by the very nature of being a black Canadian, have experienced racial trauma. So to be a good ally, to get over that, uh, you know, barrier, you're going to have to to be an ally. And part of that is educating yourself on racism. It's not my job to do it. That's, for some people, that's their passion. I'm passionate about it. Um, But, you know, it's not my job. Well, kind of is. But the point is, in a social situation, I don't want to spend time talking about, telling you about, you know, oh, what my natural black hair can do. Google it. There's lots out there. You know, YouTube is great. Figure it out on your own. It's not my job to do it. And, you know, if you're curious about something, that's fantastic. But, um, you know, maybe not in our first conversation, you're not going to invade my culture and use it for, you know, your greedy um, need for your greedy curiosity about this othering. You're not going to other me um, under the like guise of friendship. Like that's not going to happen. The walls are going up. I'm going to get defensive and I'm going to, um, very clearly and loudly explain just how incredibly racist what you're doing is. And, uh, you're not going to be okay with that. (laughs) You're not going to be okay with that. I'm just not letting it slide. And so, you know, one of those things is about, you know, appreciating the fact that, um, you're going to have to be a little bit sensitive to that. And, you know, it's just part of who I am as a person. And it's it can be a very enriching and wonderful um, experience uh, for both of us about learning and growing together because race is going to be there and we're going to have, you know, I do have white friends, um, and it, it, it's, you know, it's, it can't be ignored and that's the, what it really comes down to. And so, you know, what we decided was that it can't be ignored. And unfortunately what happens is, um, the only time, in these flag, red flag relationships uh, that race does come up is when it's a problem for the person that's not white. So when, you know, something is, a boundary is crossed and someone's offended and then, you know, you have to speak up because you, you know, thought you were friends and then all of a sudden it's, you know, they're the victim and... Uh, you know, the person that's, you know, not white has to accept that, you know, that inequality again, that um, 
being sharing your true experience and trauma just was too much for this person to handle and then you know that's that and so I can only say that you have to understand that it is going to come up you may um as a white person not understand fully um especially if you're you know not used to discussing racism and race issues with your friends that maybe something's going to come up maybe you know something in the news or you know uh something that you see and you know your non-white friend will say you know I find that triggering I find that offensive that's clearly a case of you know microaggressions racism discrimination and you know instead of being like, oh my gosh, absolutely not, or disagreeing or, you know, belittling their feelings or experiences because you can't see it, you know, you need to trust your friend, trust their gut and listen and learn to them and, you know, grow and change together. And it's, it's something that, um, can be so transformative, important, um, life-altering and changing on both sides. And um, if both parties are willing to, you know, really do the work and... um, have a genuine connection and understanding and really get to understand, um, who, um, they are as, as people. And it can be, um, one of the more rewarding friendships. So I wanted to end, uh, with, a positive note and story just about how um, uh, having um, friends outside of your race has been um, very rewarding for me, Um, you know, as um, a black woman, I, it really opened my eyes to, um, you know, (laughs) once, you know, um, understanding white people better. Like I truly, you know, it's really taken, helped me open my heart um, and mind to people that, you know, I would, you know, normally not be willing to (laughs) uh, give I guess, understanding too, um, because, you know, I've met people that have been on a journey, um, to, towards, um, anti-racism and, you know, they'll 
clearly, you know, they'll explain things to me and be like, oh, yeah, Denise, they are like me five years ago when I was just understanding, you know, racial relations in Canada they're on their way, like they're sort of, you know, there's like this progress where they have to understand, you know, they're still understanding white privilege. They don't get it yet. They still, you know, are stuck in the, um, my life is hard phase kind of, you know, thing. They're like, they're going to get there. I hope, you know, they're on that journey. They're still sort of, you know, understanding those pieces of privilege and you know so I'm like okay you know what thank you for taking the time to explain that to me because you know I'm like they said what now <laughs> but you know it was it's um been you know transformative for me to have somebody say yeah they're just early on that stage it takes people time to sort of work through you know that process and you know their heart is in the right place their mind is in the right place this is what we can do this is what helped me get past that and so it's been um you know when I say you know when I know that people genuinely don't understand when they say things that are so so offensive and um I you know it I'm reminded when people say like honestly I was told and I truly believed you know like kids believe um, everything you tell them. When someone told me that, like, you know, there was, like, the Underground Railroad and Canada was all good and, like, slavery was over here and we helped everybody, you know, I never thought to question it, look deeper. I didn't think there was a problem, you know, people that uh, they didn't have the same education as I did. You know, I talk about things <laughs> where, you know, the Aunt Jemima syrup was not allowed in my house. My, you know, my parents were like, not in my damn house. You're Canadian. You're going to have that Canadian maple leaf. You're not going to have like the, that slavery representation in my house. You know, they didn't have that, like, that I didn't have that education. So, you know, I, I, I get that, you know, I, I try to think of like, what happened if I actually believed, you know, slavery was over like hundreds of years ago. And then someone's telling me that, you know, racism, they still experience racism in Canada. How would that, I think, how would I make that feel? How would that make me feel? So I, you know, um, it, I, I do have those conversations with my white friends and we talk about it and, you know, they help me understand that, um, they're, you know, we have those conversations about how they can, uh, how I can help them uh, open their eyes to um, the existence and the, you know, uh, persistence of racism in Canada. So, you know, absolutely two-way street, very transformative and beneficial. So back to my poor, poor friend too, um, you know, uh, I'm not uh, his only black friend, but, you know, maybe I'm the only black friend that's this honest with him. Um, I don't know. But, uh, uh, you know, maybe a little while after we had that conversation just about his um, uh, friends or the exchange students from high school and uh, just their experience of, you know, maybe how they experienced high school a little differently than how he thought they did. You know, I sort of checked in to see how he was 
dealing with that, you know, I was just like, you know, it seemed like you were mulling things over a little bit there. I just wanted to see how you were, you know, dealing with that. And, uh, you know, he was very um, thoughtful about it. And he, you know, discussed it with his sister. And uh, he also went to the same high school and you know, she, uh, it seems like she was a little bit further along, um, in her understanding of what was going on. And she was like, yeah, no, absolutely. It must've been like crazy that they were like this subject of like extreme popularity strictly because they were like, you know, black. And, um, you know, cause I did have a conversation with him about like, oh, well, you know, how would you feel if they weren't, didn't want to be on the basketball team? How would you feel about such a thing? You know what I mean? So I was sort of like guiding him through those stereotypes and, you know, the difference, the, the positive stereotypes. I'm using air quotes, I guess you can't see that. You know, there's still stereotypes and, you know, it's kind of, you know, not cool. Um, so... <laughs> It was just nice that um, it seemed like his sister had already thought of this, um, you know, uh, already and sort of was like, oh, yeah, no, no, it it was pretty messed up, I think, <laughs> was her, uh, her summary. So, um, you know, and he was like, I just, it never occurred to me right then. And he was like, we were sort of, you know, pushing them into this box of who we wanted, needed them to be and although it was you know uh you know we weren't being mean to them or you know like uh it it wasn't necessarily like who they wanted to be we sort of labeled them and um you know I was like yeah it must have been a very interesting experience for those kids and it's nice that you were able to sort of come to that conclusion and uh so yeah it it all worked out positively and again it was just that ability to question those thoughts and I mean I mean when you're somebody who doesn't think that they're racist and you know you have these friends um and people that are um outside of your racial group why would you go digging deep into questioning um, yourself? And I, I think that's something that we should all be doing. I mean, that's part of what being anti-racist is, is just, you know, having those conversations with yourself, questioning um, your actions and, you know, all the ways that you can dismantle racism in all of its forms and um yeah I just I really I really think that that's you know how interracial friendships at their best can really um really help each other grow so it it does need to be that two-way street and genuine genuine friendship and you know I'll I I um I say it again all the time that just as a black woman 
race is a big part of my life. And if you're going to be a part of my life, then you have to appreciate that's what it is. And um, if you're shying away from that, if you're uncomfortable with that, you know, then you're not really maybe ready um, to you know, take me on as a friend and, you know, maybe ask yourself why you, uh, why you're so uncomfortable with that. So uh, let me know what you think. Um, if you had similar experiences, um, being collected as that non-white friend and, um, (laughs) uh, what your thoughts are with that. And um, thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next time.